welcome back to The Grain, and if this is your first time, then welcome to The Grain. I will be your host, Valentina Rodriguez, and today's episode is one that I just came up with about five minutes ago. Well, no, ten minutes ago. <laughs> and it is about being raw and just the misconceptions that... Well, I'm not sure being raw is the... I mean, it is, but I just... I don't think that's the best word to use right now. So I'm going to just say being authentic. And just the misconceptions that surround being authentic and just how it is praised, but it also is condemned at the same time. It is very interesting, at least the way that society for me has revolved around it. And okay, so this all came about because I was watching, well, I wasn't watching it. I was planning to watch a video by Style Like You. It's a very good YouTube channel. It's pretty much just like interviews of people. And you know, once you once they answer a question, they would take off a piece of your clothing. It sound, it's not like that. It's not, okay? It is more about being authentic. You know, it's just, you have to watch it, okay? It's very good, I 100% recommend it. It's not like, I'm not sure, like, dirty stuff it's just being authentic and there was this one episode and the thumbnail was saying was like a quote i believe by the people that you know that were being interviewed and it was i i think it was like being disgustingly authentic or being disgustingly raw and i really it just it really did make me think about just how being authentic uh, even for me was always seen as this like beautiful thing you know just beauty like really beautiful beauty something that i would always um sorry my neighbor is playing basketball anyways <laughs> beauty is something that i will always equate with being authentic with being raw however that is not the truth, at least not not for the most part, you know? It can definitely be. It can make a person beautiful to be very, very authentic to themselves and to other people. However, being authentic, it's not just about praising the good parts, you know? Otherwise, you wouldn't be authentic. I believe that being authentic is being raw. And being raw is uncomfortable. It's can be ugly, it can be messy, it can be all of these negative things, however it's not shown in the mainstream media. And even people who claim to be authentic, they don't show all of those dirty parts of themselves because it would take the beauty away from it. I'm not sure if you're following this, okay? So like by being, by claiming that they're so authentic, they're actually not, they're pretty much just giving you it's almost like wellness culture i did make a part an episode on that i'm quite sure yes i did and it is about how we like to paint things with this sort of like very beautiful brush and for example right now this podcast it is a very raw and authentic podcast it is not edited in any sort of way you might hear, I don't know, you might hear my cat meow out of nowhere or my 
mom talk or I'm not sure of just people around me just interact with each other because this is not edited. This, I'm just talking. And it can be annoying, not going to lie, but I feel like overall it's it makes it more beautiful for me because at the end of the day, this podcast, it's something that I'm doing for myself, but I'm still sharing it with people. And there are a lot of parts of myself I never claimed to be 100% authentic because that's I just would be lying <laughs> I am not I am not even close the I mean the amounts of takes that it because all of this is one take you know just like the amount of times that I've had to restart and restart because there's only a certain amount of authenticity that I will let <laughs> seep through and those are the parts of it that not a lot of people like to talk about and also something else that i've realized is that authenticity does not equal being honest authenticity does not equal being true and it might seem a bit you know contradictive to say it but i feel like you can learn a lot about a person with the way that they lie and what they lie about. For example, I feel like there's truth in the lies we tell ourselves and other people, which I feel like it's very important to recognize it. And lying, sometimes we lie, but we don't lie out of, you know, trying to be deceitful. I feel like lying is seen as this just very, you know, fraud upon thing in the name of authenticity, but I believe that Sometimes we lie to other people or to ourselves just because we care about them so much and we want to protect them. I mean, a lot of the times it comes out of being protective for the other person. I was recently playing this video game. Um, Yesterday, I played Life is Strange 2, which... I'm not sure if you remember this, but my last episode, I said that I had a limit on how much time I played, which was just limited to an hour. Um, That was a lie. (laughs) Well, not necessarily a lie. It was more of a, you know, a hopeful little thing that I was hoping I could do. I didn't. I finished the whole game in one sitting. Well, not one sitting. Well, yeah, technically, you know, quote unquote, one sitting. Um, it took me about 10 hours, so yes, I played a video game for 10 hours straight yesterday, to be fair. I could not work because I just, um, my computer was acting up. So it's not like I could have been working. Well, actually, yes, I could have. But again, you see, being authentic right now, it's costing me, you know, to admit that, yeah, you know, I could have been working, chasing the bag, I suppose. But instead, I chose to play a video game for 10 hours straight. And you know what? That is a part of me. That's me being raw. It's not It's not good. It's not beautiful. It is just a part of me. And it was all right. <laughs> it was okay. I didn't even like the video game that much. It was, it was just okay. Like, I didn't hate it. Do I regret playing it for that long? Yes. But I did it. And... I guess I learned something and one of the characters also spoilers so just spoilers for the video game if I haven't if I've played it it's on game pass it's okay not worth the 10 hours but um one of the characters she's this lovely old lady she runs a flower shop 
and she has dementia at least what i can well yeah it's very heavily hinted at well not really like from the content clues you can tell that she has dementia and in the video game your brother dies and you know like after the wake you go to her flower shop and she doesn't really say anything about it and you're not sure why but it turns out that she just forgot about it and there's this option where you can tell her that your brother died or you can just spare her the pain and this choice it was very i wouldn't say that it was very difficult for me because if well i'm not going to say that i try to well yes i try to sort of like empathize and what would i want if i was in her sort of in her place which i'm not and i'm not pretending to be but if i was it's almost like ignorance is bliss which i do not believe that ignorance is well it is but just because ignorance is bliss it does not mean that it helps you at all i feel like sometimes when you make mistakes then it's like oh well i shouldn't have but it's like no you should because now you have a concrete answer and even if you don't well it's better than it was before you know don't stop until you have that answer even if it's a negative one because you are sparing yourself future pain or other people but anyways when it came down to the choice i didn't really think about it for too long because i knew that if i was in her position i would want to know so i told her she was really distraught i mean not only the fact that the character's brother died but also that she missed the wake and she wanted to keep it a secret you know her dementia but uh okay so when you finish a chapter it tells you what percentage of of people who play the game chose picked which answer and most people actually chose to spare her the pain which i felt it was very interesting not a lot of people i think it was like well it was fairly it was fairly close i think the people who chose to tell her was like 48 percent as opposed to the people who chose to spare her the pain which was 52 something and i feel like we value authenticity no, we value our idea of authenticity actually, not what it actually is, Jesus. We we have an idolized um, idea of what authenticity is, but when it comes to what it actually is, which is very, it's very interesting. It's stupid. Okay, wait, okay, wait. I'm like completely just like, I'm trying to explain it, but I feel like I'm contradicting myself, but I feel like it is quite contradictory you think about it because we do not like the authentic idea of authenticity we like a more blissful idea not idea concept of what being authentic looks like but not what it actually looks like which it's a little it doesn't really make sense but it makes sense and being authentic being raw it's not it's not beautiful, you know, and it doesn't have to do much with the truth either. Because, I mean, I feel like truth is subjective. Yes. 
truth is subjective. Being honest is subjective because I feel like there. I like to think that everything is subjective, and you might be like, "Well, that's that doesn't make sense." But it's like you can never know a hundred percent what the other person's life or point of view is like. A lot of people they like to say, "Well." Something that's very objective is well, you know, saying well that truck is red, or this very very specific shade of red to make it even more objective. But it's like, how do I know that you're seeing the exact same shade as I am? How do I know that you haven't associated this different shade with what red looks like, and I have this completely different idea? Not idea, but I have like this completely different perception of what red looks like to me, and you have one that's, you know, just like absolutely different. But we will never know that. It doesn't matter just how meticulous you try to get with it. There's a very, very real possibility that things that we perceive as objective are not objective. And that was a conversation that I was having with my stepbrother a long time ago. And it's like I don't necessarily believe that everything can be well. You know, I think that everything is subjective to a certain degree. And even it's just in general. I don't know. I mean, if you if you if you don't agree with me, you're more than welcome to talk to me about it. But honesty, truth are subjective. You know what I mean, and I feel like with certain things, it can be objective. Okay, you know I'm just rambling at this point. The point is, authenticity does not equal truth, at least for me. And raw, being raw is not meant to be beautiful at all. And being, I was thinking last night about what what that would look like in a relationship. I feel like all relationships. They never start off as being raw and being authentic. You kind of have to chip away to get to those parts, and not even a hundred percent. Because can a relationship really work if it's incredibly raw and authentic? If you told that person the most disturbing thoughts that you have, which it cannot be sugarcoated as something beautiful, it is. It can be something disgusting. But can something be disgustingly beautiful? So many questions that I have about this topic, and this is a ramble. I mean, if you if you are thinking like, if you're, if you're complaining to yourself in your head, oh my gosh, you ramble so much. That is literally the point of the podcast. So this might not be for you. <laughs> Excuse me, but yeah, I feel like for a lot of people, we have this. Um, I, this sort of idealized, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but this idealized of what being authentic looks like, and it can never be that. You know, I feel like being authentic, it can, as a whole, you know, in the whole picture, it can make someone more beautiful. You know, once you've seen all of those disturbing parts of them but i'm not sure that authenticity is necessarily inherently beautiful it's not supposed to be 
I mean, if it was, then why isn't everyone doing it? <laughs> that is sort of what I think, you know? Like, how can being so authentic and raw be so beautiful? And I mean, we're all trying to be beautiful. All, I mean, some people don't want to be beautiful, but trying to be, yeah, pretty much sort of achieve the general concept of beauty in some way or another. For me, that is more about what's on the inside. It sounds stupid, but whenever I'm looking at someone, not looking at someone, I'm not, I can't really explain myself too well, but again, it's part of me, it's part of me being authentic, part of me being raw, it's not supposed to be beautiful, whatever, you know that. But I'm going to give an example. And a partner, very, very rarely do I ever care about their appearance. Actually, no, I never care about it. I guess more about their style. And even then, it's like the energy. There you go. Not about appearance. I mean, I've dated people that look, you know, completely different to each other, completely different to me. That is just not... I feel like bodies themselves are not that, they're not that important to me. You know, like physical appearance, it just isn't. I think style, the way that a person may handle themselves and dress themselves is way more important to me than someone's, well, I would say it's more important, but physical appearance, I mean, to me, it doesn't matter at all, you know? So it's like... I guess that their style is what really matters and the way that they carry themselves, their energy specifically. I'm very attracted to masculine energy and I feel like a lot of people, they would just um, think of, okay, masculine energy equals someone who dresses more masculine. Not at all. I've met people who are incredibly feminine, but their energy is very, very masculine. And I think that's actually really beautiful, you know, when it comes to energies and stuff like that. I completely just got carried away from the topic. I don't remember what uh, what I was saying, but yeah, um, that's a little fun fact about me. I really do care about the way that someone handles themselves. And I was, okay, this is, it has something to do with this, but not that much. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of who PP Cocaine is. She is a, I would say, a queer lesbian rapper? I don't know. Um, she has a very cartoony, high-pitched voice. I guess she is more of a feminine presenting person. Woman, lesbian. You get the point. Just look her up. Um, just to make it clear, I... I mean, I don't necessarily love her music, but I will listen to it, you know, sometimes. She was dating this person, uh, I don't necessarily know the name of her, I don't know her name, but this person was a very masculine presenting person, and she she outgrew that part of herself. She became very in touch with her feminine side, and she started presenting more femininely, and now I feel like when I say, I want you to think of presenting as a cert, as 
feminine or masculine or androgynous for me it's completely different than being in touch with the more masculine or feminine parts of yourself like though it's almost like mind and spirit completely different things but she just decided to not only um appear more feminine but also I don't know, because I feel like you can definitely be in touch with more of your feminine side in a very masculine way. But anyways, she just gave off more feminine energy. And PB Cocaine, the artist that I was talking about, she was saying about how she just was not attracted to that. That it wasn't, you know, that she felt very happy for her former girlfriend to explore the, you know, that part of herself, which... If you're in a relationship right now and you're scared to do that, you have to. You should, okay? Uh, that's also part about of what it's like being authentic and true to yourself. Again, I'm just looking at the title of the video that I was referencing in, um, at the beginning. And it says, I'm not afraid to lose you. Which is very important, you know? Not being afraid of losing someone because at the end you might just be... You might just end up losing yourself and i've had that experience with other um partners that i've had in the past i'm quite sure that this person is listening right now <laughs> but this person lost themselves so much in a relationship that it didn't even feel like it was with someone else it sounds very weird but you know just when it when you try to please your partner on everything, absolutely everything, at least for me, it just does not work out. You know, I, I, it's not that I want conflict, but I, if I'm, if I have a partner, it's because I want to grow and there's no way that you can grow with yourself. Therefore, you cannot grow with someone who just shows you the parts of themselves that you want to see and the ones that you don't particularly are too fond of they change them to something that you would like i know that you think that you're helping your relationship but you actually aren't i feel like relationships are meant to be grown in not grown into but just be grown from that makes no it makes sense i just said it a little weird I feel like you shouldn't try to grow into your relationship or grow into your partner or grow into someone your partner would love. You just have to grow yourself and see if your partner grows with you. Or even if you don't, it's more about compromise, but not so much to the point where you just lose yourself. That is incredibly important. For me, I definitely have been um i've been trying to be more authentic and honest not to other people but to myself i'm not quite ready yet to be a hundred percent authentic to let's say a partner i mean currently i don't have a partner because i really do need to start being authentic authentic <laughs> to myself but in reality i am afraid of being authentic to myself so how can i do that with someone else and I feel like when, especially in sapphic relationships, they're quite intense. They 
are quite intense. I feel like when I've been... I said that I wasn't going to talk about my, about my relationships, but I guess it's nothing in specific. Just in general, just to put it out there, I identify as queer. I don't necessarily identify with a specific sexuality or anything like that. Because a lot of people, they hear me talk about women, but I've also dated men. You know what I mean? That's not the point. <laughs> but sapphic relationships can often be incredibly intense, you know, and just very passionate. And part of that is feeling like you are being really authentic, but in reality, you aren't. I'm not sure if I'm being understood. Um, for example, there's quite a... I would say patronizing view when it comes to to um women I'm just going to assume you know just two very I don't know feminine not yeah masculine presenting people who are also into women but aren't men I don't I'm really trying <laughs> But, you know, just two very masculine individuals who are in a sapphic relationship, that's very frowned upon. I feel like when it comes to two feminine people in a sapphic relationship, it's not as stigmatized because I feel like it's actually praised, but mainly by straight men, which... I'm gonna leave it there, actually, because that could be a completely different rant, but it is more about being... Oh yes, sorry, completely got sidetracked. And it is so easy to lose yourself in a relationship because you think, yes, this is the one. The truth is that if that person, I mean, if your conflicts are so great to the point where you even think for a second to change yourself, then they're not the one. I'm sorry to tell you, but they just are not. And that's why I believe that fighting, I don't necessarily believe in fighting myself. I am not a person, at least I'm not ready to be in touch with the more... I'm not ready to be necessarily in touch with my with emotions such as anger. I have to deconstruct them and I have to deconstruct the emotion the general emotion of anger because I do believe that you know when I say that I'm angry, I give it so much power just to that word, but anger for me comes down to feeling upset and frustrated and sad but I feel like being sad and upset they sort of go hand in hand <clears throat> sorry but I just instead of saying I am so angry I would usually use words like I'm very upset or I'm very frustrated I feel like in the past I have given the word anger so much power to the point where it took away so much from me. It really did hurt me. You know, for some people, the word anger can be empowering. You know, righteous rage or righteous wrath. I'm not sure how it goes, but for me, it did the opposite. It turned me into a person that I didn't recognize. It turned me into 
what I felt was a monster. And even saying that publicly, it's very scary for me, you know? Because it's like, that's a very raw thing that is not beautiful, not at all. So I recognized just how much power that word had over me to the point where I just stopped identifying with it. And it does not mean that I feel, you know, all bubbly and happy all the time. No, I just started to deconstruct. Have I talked about this before? I don't know. But it was this one situation where I was at this person's house and there were a bunch of dishes and I was just like, how? I was angry. (laughs) I was like, how do you have so many dishes? And I had to do them. And I just felt so angry. But in reality, I started to just like, well, while I was angry, I allowed myself to be angry. I think that was the last time that I was really angry. That was like in January. I allowed myself to feel that anger. And then I just noted, okay, I want to, I want to deconstruct this emotion. But I didn't do it at that point because I was not ready to do so. I just noted it in my head and then I just continued to be angry. But after that, I just started to really, really, you know, just take a dive into what I was feeling. And I ended up on a completely different conclusion, which went all the way back to my childhood. I was just, you know, I just broke down in tears. And I was like, I I don't care about the dishes. I love doing dishes, you know, so it wasn't about the dishes, not at all. I didn't have a problem with that. It was just so many other things that I hadn't addressed. And I felt this very, very strong emotion, this very strong negative emotion. So I just said it was anger and that allowed me to take a path of anger. But in reality, I that night, it, it truly did change me. I will say that that night, those dishes, they change my life to say it that way and it is that most of the time that i said i was angry and that i gave that word because that word already had so much with it which is why a lot of certain things can trigger certain people you know certain words you know just random words it can really trigger something with within someone and i didn't understand that i actually got into quite a big disagreement i'm not sure if i should call it a fight because i wasn't fighting i didn't feel anger i was just more frustrated but the other person definitely was and it was over something that to me i just felt like it was so minuscule you know but to that person it meant so much it doesn't it didn't matter how much i told that person that hey i didn't mean it that way because to them it has so much meaning you know so anger for me it wasn't just about being frustrated and upset it was so much more than that and when you take when i took away that word from my vocabulary when i took that word from my i don't know i guess emotions emotion dictionary i'm not sure if that's how you say it but When I took that word away, all of those feelings went away with it. You know, situations where I should have been quote unquote angry, I wasn't. Because not once did I say, 
I'm angry at you. I've always said, hey, I'm not angry at you because I do associate anger with hate and I associate hate with saying like, I wish you, you, I wish I would have never met you, which I've never said that to anyone and I probably never will. I never felt that. No, I have said it. Not like, but I've said, oh, and you know, I hate you. But to me, that word hate, it has so much meaning. You know, it's almost like, I wish I never met you. I wish you were never born. Just so much hatred inside that word. And once I took away the word of anger and all the things that come associated with it, I found myself to be much more peaceful and just more loving. I still felt the same emotions. I just didn't have the word to give me I say pseudo emotions but not necessarily because it was sort of like give me emotions that I didn't have I'm not sure if I'm being understood but I started replacing the word anger or I'm angry at you with I'm either upset or I'm frustrated or both sometimes I just say well I am incredibly frustrated right now or I am very upset and frustrated it got to the point where someone did something, I'm not going to say what, but it was very horrible. It was really bad and it really did hurt me. And most people in that situation, they would have just lashed out. I just said, I'm very upset and I'm very frustrated. And I'm not saying that I am some sort of saint because no, I still felt those emotions. I just didn't give them the power, the negative power that I would have in the past. Um, but yeah, I actually forgot what this episode was about <laughs> at the beginning. I have no idea. I'm going to have to go back and no, just I do know, you know, it's about being authentic and um, raw. So yeah, I, I feel like I've said everything I need to say, um, but do not be surprised if you see another episode of this about the same topic because it is something that definitely has a lot of meaning to me and yeah this has been the grain um my voice is gone (laughs) but this has been the grain thank you so much for listening to it i really do hope that you tune in whenever i release another episode and yeah thank you so much for listening to the grain have a good day